reluctantly crouched at the starting line engines pumping and thumping in time the green light flashes the flags go up churning and burning they yearn for the cup they deftly maneuver and muscle for rank fuel burning fast on an empty tank reckless and wild they pour through the turns their prowess is potent and secretly stern as they speed through the finish the flags go down the fans get up and they get out of town the arena is empty except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can the sun has gone down and the moon has come up and long ago somebody left with the cup but he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns welcome to talking giants 49ers cleanup and mailbag voicemail. Got a lot of voicemails on this uh, podcast. Open it up to Instagram and Instagram be calling. Instagram be calling. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co host, Justin Pennick, represented by John Boy Media. Got a decent amount to get to for a mailbag episode, but Justin, how are you doing? Bobby Skinner, I'm full on in Yankees baseball playoff mode right now. Very excited for that. Pretty, pretty big for the company. Yeah, because the Giants um, are not making this company any money right now. No, no, no t-shirts, um, no nothing. If if anybody who is listening to this has any remedies um, slash solutions for mask acne, because I wear a mask all day at work and around my mouth and on my chin, I'm getting some unfortunate blemishes. Um, if anybody has any solutions for that outside of just washing your face, which I do, uh, please let me know. Leave a five star rating in the Apple podcast app and let me know. Uh, Bobby Skinner, how are you? Pretty sad time to be talking about this football team. This isn't the most preferred thing I would want to be doing right now. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm I'm doing all right. Obviously not as demoralized as Sunday night, but um, some things, you know, to the O-line review, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of it. Do you feel better now that you know that you have zero expectations for this team? Do you feel cleansed now that we got through it? Like, week two was my big week where I expected things and then I was let down. And then I think this week everybody also hit that same point. Do you feel better now that you're cleansed and it was almost like a, it was almost like a runny poop? You got it out of your system Gee, and now you feel this like... podcast off disgusting. Acne and poop. And now, and now you feel like you're a million bucks. No. No, I like winning. I like winning. I like having hope. Okay. Um, I, so the runniness is still happening, unfortunately. Yeah, for I you. love. I love having hope. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, this episode was brought to you by two special people. We got Danny Quintana. I think his last name is Quintana. It's part of his email. Maybe I just dox that guy. Sorry about your luck, Danny. And then we got uh, Mr. Chicken. Uh, I'm not going to mm. say his real name because I, I I know him on Twitter. He's been a loyal uh, supporter, Mr. Chicken. Oh, I won't call him a chicken head. I won't call him a chicken head. That that is that is derogatory to Mr. Chicken. Well, Bobby, if you want to hear us uh, talking acne and talking poop, you can subscribe for two dollars a month on Patreon.com/backslash Talking Giants, where you get access to live shows. You can see our sadness as we record things, and also you get access to early content while also being entered into a monthly raffle to, for two times a month. Right. Right. So do that, TalkingGiants.com, or Patreon.com slash TalkingGiants. Two bucks a month. I did the same thing last two week. Two bucks. Same thing last $2 week. Two dollars a month. Two dollars a freaking month. You also just support us, too. Like, that's that's also a nice thing. Support the homies. Along support with getting the homies. Those perks. All right, Justin, we'll get to mailbag in a second. Real quick, little little housekeeping. Giants announced they've signed running back Alfred Morris. We know him pretty well. And QB Clayton Thorson to the practice squad. 
Uh, Morris, he had one carry last year for the Cardinals. Uh, in 2018, he had 500-plus yards for the 49ers. And then Thorson was actually a fifth-round pick by the Eagles last year and then spent the season with Jason Garrett on the practice squad with Dallas. Um, now, this does not bother me. I'm not complaining about this. But I do find it funny that running back, practice squad, is an old, washed-up guy. And practice squad emergency QB is a young guy and not, like, a vet. Doesn't that feel a little backwards to you? Yes, 100%. I don't care that much because it's the practice squad. And there's, you know, there's 16 slots this year instead of 10. But that does, I don't know, that, that kind of kind of weirds me out for some reason. No, you, you, are, you are right. Uh, very unfortunate Alex Tanny did not find his way and 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 uh, just seeped his way back into the I had roster. big time hope when I saw Cooper Rush was cut like my lo- my eyes lit up and like oh my gosh are they actually bringing the greatest of all time 100 all-time leader in completion percentage Alex Tanning but they they didn't do that because the Giants are just so blind look look at what's wrong with this organization Alex Tanning <laughs> is that guy he is like we need that leader in the film room. all right anyways let's get Bobby, to the real the, stuff the last the last 2 years Bobby we are now 0-3 without Alex Tanny. And that's that those are facts. We've won two out of the last three games that Alex Tanny was on this roster. Just saying. Come on. Um All right. All right, let's get into the real stuff. Let's take it take it away, Steve. Mel Tom. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Justin, let's get into the mail. First question is coming from Tim Coffey, who right now is in the Patreon chat. You get to hang out with us and chat with us pre-show, during show, and post-show if you become a Patreon member. But Tim Coffey asked... What week do the Giants announce Kitchens as the passing game coordinator, all in quotes? This is an interesting question, Bobby, and I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So obviously Tim's having a little fun with that. It's kind of a, a picking at Jason Garrett. So I, I went off on Jason Garrett on Monday's show, and I kind of I have calmed down, but I also still agree with everything I said. Here's why I've calmed down, Justin, on Jason Garrett. And I talked with our guy, the football grump of, you know, the Just Giants uh, uh, podcast, who's a good friend of ours. Here's why I've calmed down. It is week three in this offseason. And I listened to some, like, players talking. And they said, like, this whole, like, not having, um, you know, the offseason, you know, no preseason, only 12 padded practices, whatever, that does affect it. So that is my saving. That is why I I will give Garrett time. That's why, as frustrated as I am with Jason Garrett, I will give it time that maybe this offense will open up downfield more. Here's the reason why I'm not disagreeing with what I said on Monday. I went and watched the whole, like, I went and, you know, put every single uh, route combination and slow motion, um, you know, once the the film came out, Justin. Because I was like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it was there and Jones just wasn't hitting it. It wasn't. Everything was so shallow. When I, You know, obviously not everything. There was a few deep concepts. And Jones ended up missing one of, or missed one and didn't throw the other one as he was getting hit too but nonetheless the deep stuff isn't there and Jones actually hit a little bit as the you know the fourth quarter they were playing a little more too high so um which actually protects against the deep stuff but we were hitting deep stuff 
Um, the first play of the the first third down of the game was a deep concept to Golden Tate, but it's just not there. And the reason why I'm not really banking on the hey, it's week three in this weird off season and this t- offense needs time to gel because it does need time to gel. The players is that everyone that has covered the Cowboys, Cowboys fans said it's not are telling us it's not going to change. That is what scares me is that everyone in Dallas is saying you could give it as much time as you want. It's not changing. So that's what worries me, Justin. Yeah, there's there's things that you don't need time and time and more experience and more practice and more familiarity with the system. There are things that the Giants aren't doing right now. There are things that Jason Garrett isn't utilizing right now that at least in my opinion, and I'm a fan and blah, 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 that at least in my opinion has nothing to do with this particular circumstance of the season. And that, and some of those things are pre-snap motion, lack of pre-snap motion, which helps the quarterback diagnose what's happening before the snap of the ball, and play action, which play action was the only thing that was working from the first two weeks of the season consistently on offense, and we ran three act play action attempts this past Sunday. Uh, four, if you include, there was a, also a, a a penalty, and it was and it was a penalty on the defense. So three plays that actually counted. Um, Bobby, why I actually think that Tim's question is interesting while I don't see it as a realistic thing and I don't know if we would want to make somebody the passing the the passing game coordinator and then Jason Garrett the rushing game coordinator you do see and this is mostly on defense not sure if there's any offensive teams that do it you would maybe know a little bit better than I do but you do see some teams on the defensive side of the ball there is one coordinator and one guy that is calling the the passing defense plays Dallas did this with Marinelli and their and Richard. the guy that was Chris Richard. and Richard. Thank you. So LSU did they, it on offense last year with Joe Brady. Like he technically wasn't their offensive coordinator. So so that's an interesting idea of if the Giants really want to go that route of having a passing game coordinator and a running game coordinator. Don't know if I would want to make Freddie Kitchens that guy. Uh, Shaplinsky. <laughs> if we want someone that's downfield, it's Freddie Kitchens. He is like <laughs> the exact opposite of of Garrett with that. Um, I wonder if Freddie's like, come on, man, won't won't you just go go real deep? Everyone, everyone deep on this play. I don't care yeah. if it's third and and, ha- and an inch. Everyone go deep. Um, that's my Freddie Kitchens impression. No, what I actually do think could be a realistic option, but probably not realistic because it's the New York Giants. Yeah, Jason Garrett's not Joe Judge's guy. Like that seemed like an organization's offensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Shuplinski is. Shuplinski is. And a lot of people in Miami thought Shuplinski would get upgraded to offensive coordinator. Do you think it could get bad enough to where Judge fired Garrett and moved up Shuplinski? I don't think that's realistic, but I also, like, part of me thinks maybe it could be. I can't believe we're doing this after week three, by the way. If the Giants are still in the same offensive spot that they are right now in week 12, let's just say, after two games of playing the Washington Football Club, what division are we playing in the if if we're if we're playing the, North, the Cincinnati the, the Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals the Browns you know and yeah the Browns who have not had a good defensive start to the season uh Joe Burrow has been really he's known for being a quarterback that stretches the field but he's largely been dinking and dunking so far to start the season he's he had some been. nice plays down throw he's had he hasn't you said I said he has been oh he has been okay so 
if we're pl- even though the schedule is not really going to lighten up, but there are some games where at least the offense should be should really be able to move the ball somewhat well and be competitive overall. If we're looking at this team still in week twelve, sure, sure, you know I I can very much see Jason Garrett being shipped right out of here. Because if you're gonna do it at the end of the season, why not give a guy like Shuplinski a shot to take the reins and see what he has? Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 uh we'll see. Hopefully Garrett does change i don't have a ton of hope for it but hopefully he does change because i i thought i was a little too harsh man i went and watched the route tr- the route combinations and i feel like i wasn't and you actually saw stuff happen when the stuff was downfield um and so speaking of daniel jones let's uh we got a couple of voicemails do you think daniel jones has what it takes to be a franchise quarterback short short and sweet that one here's a little wow. longer one i don't know where to start or where to begin but just losing faith in everything. Not that there was much faith to begin with, but, you know, Danny, he's, he's had his moments, but these past two games hasn't thrown a passing TD. You know, you could blame the weapons, you could blame the line, you could blame the defense, you could blame pretty much anybody, but, you know, the, the kid just makes mistakes. He's just not that good of a quarterback, in my opinion. You know, he's, he's shown potential. And uh, last year, I think, even that, towards the end of the year especially, we really started seeing good offensive games out of them. I don't know, maybe if that was Shermer's doing and now it's not or what the issue is, but you got give me something to to keep my hope in, in Danny because, you know, that's our franchise QB, whether we like it or not. Gotta deal with him for at least three more years. I just need some faith. He said at least three more years, so I thought this was gonna be like a tank for Trevor guy. He might be the most patient person of all time. Um, obviously, I have a lot of opinions on Daniel Jones. Justin, I want to hear what your thoughts are. My thoughts are still the same from Monday where, you know, if the NFL draft is not tomorrow and Daniel Jones has very much so earned the right to play out this season and to see how he can grow it was an extremely difficult start. And I guess this is where you do bring in the hindsight that this is an interesting offseason, an odd offseason, an offseason that basically has never happened before. I guess this is where you can really bring it in when you're talking about the quarterback and when you're talking about how he's dissecting the system. Bobby, really, name me another problem that Daniel, and this is a big problem. This is a very big problem. And this is the reason why a quarterback, a quarterback like Jameis Winston, is not an NFL is not a starting NFL quarterback anymore. But Bobby, name me another thing about Daniel Jones's game that really, really worries you and really holds him back besides turning the ball over. Which again, it is a huge part of playing quarterback. Arguably the biggest part about playing quarterback. I agree. And I just I don't think he's a Jameis guy where it's gonna happen forever. I just like can like Jameis is a careless human being. We've seen that throughout his life. You know, sometimes that stuff has been, he's been, you know, over, uh, you know, analyzed from FSU to in Tampa. But he is a careless human being. So that's why, like, playing style, Jameis year five and Daniel Jones rookie year and first three games of his second season, yes, there's some similarity there. But also, it's like, I just don't think, I think Jones is going to figure some stuff out. So here's what I'll say. I said on the Monday show that I felt like it was his worst game. The analytics agreed. The you know the analytics agreed with that. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, the 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 C, we talked about CPOE it was one of his worst in terms of how the the passes that he was expected to complete, Bobby, and the balls that he was expected to make, you know, put put in put balls in catchable spots, he flat out just did not do it this past weekend. Along with the you know the a lot of the advanced analytics, they really really harm you because of turnovers and. Put those two things together, you get Daniel Jones's worst game. And I actually, I was hesitating on Monday show, saying, "Was this Daniel Jones's worst game as a pro?" I didn't really know, and I kind of shut you down because I was like, "I don't really care," because we're talking about 2020. It was his worst game as a pro. It was. Yeah, and I just don't expect him to play as his like his worst game as a pro going forward. I, I mean, call me crazy. I just don't expect that. So, like I said, um, I defend the guy. I, sh- I, I still fully believe in him. That was a bad game. Um, he led the this, you know, the we'll talk about. There's a wide receiver question in here. One, the with the Jason Garrett offense compared with like the separation is bad, man. I I didn't realize how bad the separation is. Now I will say this: the offensive line is not as bad as people are making it out to be. It's just I feel like it's just in Giants fans' nature, just for like offensive line bad. Now they have been giving up sacks. I know that sounds silly, but overall. Jones has had time to throw. Um, he, you know, he's like top of the league of literally time to throw time from snap to throw. Part of that yep. is him hanging in there a little bit, but nonetheless, he's having that time. So he might have some people in his face, but he's had clean platforms to throw the ball. So I don't look at the offensive line as an excuse for Daniel Jones. And but the t- like the tight window throws, he led the league in those um, in week three. He's like top four, I believe, for the season. It's His just, aggression percentage was that high on NFL Next Gen? I know you looked yeah, at that. Yeah, twenty five percent for week three, and that was and that was up there. Okay. Yeah, that was that was first, <laughs> literally. You, you, oh, you you. I thought you usually you usually see like the thirties, so that's strange. So yeah. I, also, if you're if you're listening to this, you're like, what are these guys talking about? Go look on NFL Next Gen stats and look at the glossary of the stats that they have. The charts are really fun too, of just all the spray charts of you know quarterbacks throwing the ball, wide receivers catching the ball. Um, NFL Next Gen is a really fun site, and it's not difficult to wrap your head around. No, uh, it's very it's very fun. And the so. stat I'm talking about is tight window throws, aka aggression, and that yeah. means throws where there's less than a yard of separation. He's third in the NFL for the season on that. First in week three. Um, and but Bobby, the ironic, the ironic thing about that is, and we'll get to this when we talk about wide receiver separation. Typically, and this is typically, the lower depth of target that you run, whether that be as a wide receiver or as an offense as a whole, like Sterling Shepard's average separation in 2019 was a lot larger than it was in 2018. Because he was running a lot more intermediate routes and he was running and he wasn't running routes really down the field anymore. Whereas if you're a guy like Darius Slayton and you're constantly running routes down the field and somebody is constantly trailing behind you or to the side of you, your average separation is typically a lot less when you're stretching the field because you're always going to have that safety over the top or that corner that's just naturally trailing you. But if you're throwing the ball in the intermediate part of the field, you're typically finding space and you're finding spots to sit and catch the football. So that's why it's confusing that the Giants, they're throwing the ball so short this year, yet their separation is less than what Pat Shermer's was last year. Because everything's a five to seven yard curl or out route. That's why. But you would think that there would be more separation if if you're targeting so much in the intermediate part of the field. Because teams only play one safety high. They were, if, if Slayton has a deep route, they could... They, 
pairing the safety over there. I know we're getting kind of nerdy right now. And they can play guys in the box, which helps against the run game. And everything's short, so it actually, playing more people in the box is helping other teams in the pass game. Um, thank you, Jason Garrett. All right, I'm not going to do a whole Jason Garrett episode. So, I'm still very confident in Daniel Jones. And like you said, we have a whole season to evaluate. Um, all right, next question. Next question comes from Riddit-da-da-da-do. This one is just for Bobby, not for me. Uh, Bobby, what do you think of Hernandez so far? That's Will Hernandez on the offensive line. He didn't have, like, he had some bad plays in week three, like the Javon Kinlaw throwing him to the side. Um, but I also think it is just in Giants fans' nature just to, like, hate the offensive line. And I get it. It's been bad over the years. Um, but overall, I, I have been, like, they are, te- like, Daniel Jones is 10th in the league in pressure. He's the most blitzed quarterback. Um, and from week one, it's when, it's been v- substantially lower. Stop you looking at the PFF numbers, by the way. Uh, Pro Football Reference, who I think is a great website, their yep. pressure percentage for J- Jones is 24%. After week one, it was like 36. PFF has it at like like 48% or, or like 45%. Like almost double. what they're ve- They are very liberal with the way they define a pressure. A lot of that is because the people that they hire to do like the dirty work, People who just like they are learning this stuff on the fly, and there's articles about it. Um, so go with Pro Football References numbers on that. But Hernandez, yeah. there's, there's a reason. There's a reason why for the last two years, I've always used Pro Football Reference. I've never used PFF's uh, pressures. Really, really, the only thing that I'm now down to using PFF for is their quarterback data. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we got to change our expectations for Han- Hernandez. He's not going to be that Pro Bowl mauler. But he is an above-average offensive lineman, and I think that's who he is. We, my expectations, and I guess it it all depends on what your expectations are. My expectations for Will Hernandez is an above-average offensive lineman, and I don't think we should be moving on from above-average offensive lineman on this Giants team. So I, he's not going to be that Pro Bowl guy. Give it up. But he also shouldn't be benched for Shane Lemieux. That is frustrating to me. So I mean, what are yeah. your thoughts on him? Hey, Kevin Zeitler never never made a Pro Bowl, yet we view him as a top quality, top ten guard of the National Football League. But Bobby, you the thing that I mean. bothers I, me, it's not that. Like, no, make no, a Pro yes, Bowl, but, yeah. no. I, I I got you, I got you. But if you're expecting a a, a Zach Martin, re- rethink your expectations, Bobby. The main thing that I, that gets me about Hernandez, and it's been the same thing since after his rookie year, and I think Baldinger and you probably broke it down in your offensive line report this week. There was a play this past week where Hernandez initially engages with a defensive tackle that's right in front of him. Then he eventually goes to Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is, is blocking somebody in front of him too. And I, it, it, Will Hernandez has to figure that Nick Gates is going to be going back and he's going to be there to support him as he passes that defensive tackle to him. Instead, it's a free rusher, and I don't know if this play ended up in a sack or it ended up in a QB hurry, a pressure, or what. I remember that But play. The, the thing that gets me about Will Hernandez is you don't look at Will Hernandez and get frustrated by something that he does physically. He does everything almost right physically. Sure, you're going to lean every once in a while, but it's everything is just mental with him. You know, you... He just let a guy go, and he must, he, he had to figure that Nick Gates was going to be passing along, and he was going to be right there to pick him up, 
you don't just let, you don't just, all right, I'm engaging with my guy at the snap of the ball, then I'm just going to let him go. It has to be mental. And we're in year three and we are still having mental errors that are costing this team. And that's the thing that gets me because it's nothing on the physical end. But at the same time, him and Thomas, week one and week two, I was extremely, like one of the most impressive things this offensive line is the way they have picked up stunts. So I just, maybe it's in me that I just can't like react like crazy to one. Like, like the, when the, the run play where Kinlaw throws him off is really bad. It's really, it's a really bad play. But I just don't have it into me to look at one really bad play and lose my mind. I guess it's the, it's the way you're like, the way people are. I just can't look at it and say that one play deserves to be benched. You know what I'm saying? No, but no, no and, and I, I don't. I guess Will Hernandez is too talented physically to be on the bench, but. And who is and Shane Lemieux in year one with limited training camp is not going to be better no. mentally. He's not going to be better mentally than Will Hernandez is right now. But Bobby just it gets frustrating to see Will Hernandez has a guy engaged and then he just lets him go because he thinks somebody is going to be there to cover his ass and nobody's there. It, it's it's frustrating and it's mental. It's mental. It's mental and that's very frustrating. So I'll be honest, I, I feel good about the mental stuff so far. Yes, there has been. A couple mistakes, but I, I have felt good. You, the, like I said, he's not going to be an all-pro, pro bowl guard. He's just not. That's not who he is. He's an above-average guard. Now, right. if we pay him like an all-pro, then we can be bothered. But I, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. And uh, one other thing, stop blaming Nick Gates. Nick Gates has been a bright spot to this offensive line. You know what? Like, he gained us 23 yards. That that snap, when they jumped, he immediately snapped it. He he gained us 23 yards. Not Daniel Jones, back shoulder, the Darius Slayton. Nick Gates gained us those 23 yards, and he has he has been a bright spot. He has been a yep. bright spot on the offensive line. He's been smart. Pittsburgh was bad, but I, I keep on reminding people, Spencer Pulley was worse against the New York dumpster fire Jets than Nick Gates was at his first game at center versus the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. Good radio right there, New York dumpster fire Jets. I didn't catch that initially that he snapped the ball when I guess the rest of the offense may have not been ready, because that's good. That's really good center IQ there. When's that, the last time a Giants th- center did that? Yeah, you would think that it would take a pretty, you know, a pretty experienced center, even a guy that maybe you know snapped the ball throughout high school, college, whatever. That's an experienced high IQ center move right there to see to have the awareness that a guy jumped off sides or you know did a you know had a you know, encroachment, whatever, snapping the ball to give your offense a free play, and it resulted in what one of the Two or three 20 plus yard offensive plays of the entire game. Yep. Thank you, Nick Gates. I've been very proud of you. Now, if they want to go out and get someone who they think is a better center in free agency or the draft, by all means, I'm always up for an upgrade. But yeah, I've been, I have been pleased with Nick Gates so far. All right. We got a voicemail from Zach Mahoney. Hey, how you guys doing? This is Zach from Virginia. I had a question regarding wide receivers and getting separation. So Justin had put something out talking about. Assigning, assigning blame, waiting to do it, you know, because it's a team sport and everyone plays their part. But my specific question is, would you rather have a wide receiver that gets separation with potential drops, or would you rather have a wide receiver that has solid hands but no separation? So I'm looking at like a Derek Dillon versus a Golden Tate. What are your guys' thoughts? Thanks. I'm going to change up his question a little bit. Not like a you know a guy who has drops. Would you rather have a wide receiver who's getting separation or a guy who's going to go up and get 
like jump balls and make like crazy catches on the sidelines. Are we talking about on this football team right now, or are we just talking about in general? Like if the if the Giants were to go and get a wide receiver in twenty twenty, and you had the same like they're both really good, like they're you grade them the same. Would you rather have you know the Tyreek Hill type, or I don't want to say Calvin Johnson because he's just all time he's great at everything. You know what I'm saying? Do you, would you rather have the guy who is just gonna have blazing speed and be like Odell? Versus like a Julio Jones. How about that? Actually, that's a bad one because they all Julio Jones does everything. All right, just answer his question. Actually, never mind. I, I, I'm doing. A I, bad I job get it. This. I think I think people are uh, picking up what you're putting down. Man, whenever Darius Slayton has has had an opportunity to be good, right? Whenever he has had that opportunity to be that deep play guy, he has showed up consistently, having a 50%, and I'm probably remembering this correctly off the top of my head, having a 57% catch rate from your rookie year while averaging over 15 yards per catch and having five-plus touchdown receptions of over 20-plus yards, plus uh, I think, what, at this point, maybe he has, what, does he have nine touchdown receptions, Bobby, because he has one on the year? So he two has six. Year. He has two on the year. Two All right, so he three. has... Six of his ten touchdown passes uh, catches have been for over twenty yards, so I'm not gonna say for this football team right now that the Giants absolutely need to get a bigger bodied wide receiver that can catch balls down the field. Because while Darius Slayton is not Julio and he's not Calvin Johnson, right? He's serving that role. But Bobby Golden Tate, I'm sorry for. The, the money that he's getting, he is not serviceable enough. He is not consistent and reliable enough for me. And Sterling Shepard just isn't on the football field. So the main priority for me right now, and if you can draft a guy or if you can sign a guy that can do it all, if you can somehow get a Jamar Chase or if you could somehow get an Allen Robinson, you will not hear me complain. But if we want to stick with this overall philosophy of finding guys that fit a certain role and fit a certain mold, I would much rather have a guy that's more efficient and better in the middle part of the field and the sh- in the shorter part of the field than a than a deep guy as of right now. But we need a lot of help. We need a lot of help at wide receiver. No, I, I agree 100%. Now like Jamar Chase, he does like he's on another level, you know. But Yeah, Allen Robinson does everything. Right. Yeah. But if like we're looking at that Wake Forest wide receiver, I know you, I can't remember his name, but we we talked about him a little bit in the offseason. Like someone like that, I'm I'm all for, man. We need we need some Purdue. easy stuff for for Jones. We D- Brandon Moore is the guy out of Purdue. Yeah. yeah, not Wake Forest. Wake Forest is um, Sage Surratt, Chase Ch- Ch- brother. Mm-hmm. Um, we need some. We need some easy stuff. It's, nothing is like there's just. It's never easy. You know what I'm saying? It's always yeah. like like what we're asking for right now to Garrett's offense is to let Jones throw the ball and be extremely accurate downfield. That's what we're asking right now because it's not like we're scheming guys wide ass open like we're the Chiefs. Like that's what we're asking out of Daniel Jones is to be extremely accurate down the field and make tight throws because that's what we're at right now. It's like if we're gonna make tight throws, we might make, might as well make them down the field. Um, so yeah, I, I I agree the the separation to me and I football is nuance, but if you're mm-hmm. like choose separation or jump ball ability, I'm choosing I'm just choosing separation because I'd rather just you have be wide open than you to make a crazy play. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, but also the thing is, is now we're talking about getting separation in the intermediate 
part of the field, you know, maybe less than 20 yards, less than 20 plus yards down the field. When you're throwing 20 plus yards down the field, that's when you're arcing a ball and, you know, you need to have the, you know, you need to have arm strength when you're throwing it less than 20 yards too. But I, it's not considered a deep ball, a quote unquote deep ball when you're throwing it less than 20 yards. But the thing that we need on this offense right now is to expand the field. But also, it's a matter of Jason Garrett's not is not even allowing us to expand the field. And when we did expand the field, it, it resulted in a Darius Slayton 41-yard touchdown. So, um, Zach talked about, which is, this is an awesome question, by the way. Um, Zach talked about separation, wide receiver separation. So, I, I sat down for 30 seconds today, and I pulled this up together. I looked at all of our main targets, uh, separ- the average separation from 2019, and then the accumulation average separation in 2020 so far, three weeks in. The only wide receiver that has more of an average separation in 2020 compared to 2019 is Golden Tate. But also, Golden Tate's average depth of target is about three yards less than it was in 2019. So that goes along with my point that I was saying earlier in the show, where typically, if you have less of an average depth of target, you are typically going to have more separation. So that's Golden Tate is actually better, somewhat better. Yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty good. I would like to see it closer to three. His average separation is 2.5 right now. Um, but Evan Ingram is down from around uh, a, th- a third of a yard. Uh, Sterling Shepard is more than that. So these guys, they're not stretching the field as much as Pat Shermer was, yet the average separation is pretty much very substantially lower. It's It's not good. It's not good. All right, next one, we got a voicemail and a mailbag question all in one. What's up, guys? Uh, thought I would just call in really quickly and ask, um, looking at the team, obviously, at 0-3 now, and I know it's already crazy to think, but the draft coming up, uh, I guess going into the offseason, what I want to know is who are your keeps and who are your cuts for the team? Who are the guys you think we need to shop, get rid of immediately? you know, trade, do whatever with, and who are the guys, you know, we think we got to give them a chance, we got to let them grow because, you know, they could be potentially, you know, starters and or, you know, talented guys down the line. So thought that I'd ask that question and see what you guys think is going to happen uh, going forward. But uh, thanks again. All right, and there's a mailbag to go with that. Yeah, so enter name here at enter name here 33. Who are players besides Evan Ingram that you guys would like to trade at the deadline for picks? You asked me. Are you on the trade Evan Ingram train? Yes, but I'm also very doubtful on what you can get back for him. Very, very doubtful. I've never been, you've never been lower on Evan Ingram's performance as a whole. If the screw in his foot is not affecting his athleticism, which fans, a lot of fans forget that, and a lot of people forget that, that Evan Ingram is currently playing with the screw in his foot right now. And it was everybody that was actually in the fantasy community that reminded me that this summer. That's like, oh, yeah, Evan Ingram, he's definitely playing with this. He's definitely playing with this thing that probably is impacting his game. And sooner or later, it's going to probably impact his ability to stay healthy and play. I have more hope for Evan Ingram turning it around with the Giants this year than I have hope for a team giving up uh, anything more than a fifth-round pick for him. Would you take a fifth-round pick in the offseason? In the oh my god! In the off season, yeah, because then you're talking about if you trade him during the season next year, he has less value because then he doesn't even have a full year with the team. Yeah, because it's his final year. Yeah, I as much. I don't know. I'm 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 tired of him. He's been he's 
caused mistakes. He's been bad. Um, I thought they were really going to use him like a slot receiver this past week. They uh, they clearly don't view him as that. Um, no, what his his snap share was still around ninety percent, and Caden Smith after first series of the game, he caught a thirteen down catch, just played less than fifty percent of the snaps, which I don't. You don't see. I don't see a reason why that's happening. When Bobby, one of the plays that you broke, one of the running plays that you broke down this week, partially fell apart because Evan Ingram got his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Why are we putting him in that? We should know better by. First of all, we should have known better before the start of the season, but we should know better after two games of him costing a lot of plays in the run game. We should know better by now to not put him in that situation. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um. Dalvin Tomlinson. I like Dalvin Thompson, but I we've we've probably said this ten like if there's one thing we've repeated over and over again on this on this podcast this this past year is that there's no read for us to have this surplus of defensive tackles. Lenny Williams and Dexter Lawrence should be getting the majority of snaps. And BJ Hill's as good of a third defensive tackle as you can get. You know what I'm saying? Like BJ Hill's productive for as little reps as he gets, you know. And that, this goes back to why the Leonard Williams trade is kind of weird, although Leonard Williams has been balling this year. Um, yeah. Oh, is it? Uh, here's a mailback question that I'm asking. Is it too early for me to celebrate? Because that's the one player. That's the one player that I said was going to be good. Is it too early for me to celebrate, or is it inappropriate for me to celebrate that Leonard Williams is balling out this year? Is it? No. Is it- the thing is, is we can't really celebrate anything right now because of how the state of this team. Um, but... Uh, Every time he does make a good like a sack, I, I I love it. Um, he's on pace for for like ten plus. He's he's on pace for over ten sacks this season. How about that? That's an on pace step. I but Bobby, I think he's gonna get close because not only is he getting the sacks, he's still getting the consistent pressure. But um, stay stay tuned for my talking analytics blog this week. I'll I'll be writing some good things about about Leonard Williams. I'll be taking a little mini victory lap. But we're on the page that we shouldn't be paying three defensive tackles, which is what we'll have to do with Dalvin in the off season. So. If we can get something for him, trade him, right? Bobby, here's also the thing. Here's what we said during his PPP. Here's what we said during the training camp and during the summer. If you were listening to us, Dalvin Tomlinson is getting around maybe even a little bit. Now, I think he's getting a little bit more than 50% of the snaps. Now, number one, you can make the argument that he's too talented to be getting only 50% of the snaps. But also, you cannot, you cannot, cannot, cannot pay a guy big money and it's and it sucks because he has the C on his jersey which low key partially scares me now i understand you don't have dave gettleman and you don't have john mara putting the C on somebody's shirt it's the locker room that this, that decides that and landon collins was also a captain too and you know we captain's didn't overrated him. can i just say it captain I, is so overrated it's cool nice cool if dalvin thompson's gone the last thing i'm thinking about is his leadership in the locker room no, but I'm thinking about is that a thing? It's probably not a thing in the Giants in the Giants brass's head that we need to sign this guy because we put a C on a shirt. I started to say that point and then I realized it was dumb. <laughs> but I could easily see BJ Hill getting 50% of the snaps in this defensive line rotation, or if anything, Dalvin Tomlinson being traded away is allowing Dexter Lawrence to be on the field more. Leonard Williams is already getting 65 to 70% of the snaps and I'm fine with that. He's a big boy. He needs he needs a break. He needs he needs a breather. But Dexter Lawrence's snap share and his snap count should be around 65 to 70%. 
you know, it should be around the same as Leonard Williams. Those two guys should be the main, the two main mainstays of this defensive front. So if that requires BJ Hill to get 50% of the snaps, I am totally cool. And I actually think that we would get something pretty substantial for a guy like Dalvin Thompson. I, th- I think we would. All right. Now here's a tough one. Kevin Zeiler. He did, he had some struggles this past week. Pittsburgh was his worst game, probably as a pro, definitely as a giant. Week two was good. Shane Lemieux is someone we do like down the pipes. Kevin Zeitler probably could get the highest compensation. Yeah, the contract is tough. Um, but if you're a competitor who needs a guard, I mean, if you're if you're, I know the Dallas Cowboys aren't desperate for guards right now, but they're desperate for tackles. But if you're if you're a team that you feel like you can win now and you're a guard away from feeling like you can really compete. Kevin Zeitler would be an awesome piece. So we can even do this little mosh posh thing of. Um, I wish we would have kept Mike Remmers, man. He really would have been an upgrade over Cam Fleming. He he was a right. He was a right guard last night. And he actually was pull. I saw him pull on a play and he, he opened up a hole for Clyde Edwards. Hilaire. Why are they pronouncing his name that way? It's Hilaire. Um, it's Hilaire. They're pronouncing it. No, Hilaire. But it's it without an weird. H, but it's also not Hilaire. It's Hilaire. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Very weird on the Monday Night Football telecast, but he was opening up some holes. But we could do this mosh posh thing if we decide to trade Kevin Zeitler of Spencer Pulley at center, Nick Gates moves to guard. We could do that. No, that's useless. That's, just put Shane Lemieux in. Shane Lemieux will be better at guard than Spencer Pulley will be at center. Um, now, if like I said, if you want to go get a center in the offseason and then put Nick Gates at guard, then that's something. But... I would do I would do Shane Lemieux early, even though he would have, I have a question. he would have Shane Lemieux would have struggles. I have a question. Go for it. If Kevin Zeitler makes it through the season, do you think he could be a cap casualty? If they if they believe in Shane Lemieux, if you tr- if if you truly believe in Shane Lemieux, if you don't, then don't do it. It's not worth the it's not yeah. worth the cap space. Don't no. don't hurt this offensive lineman for this offensive line for cap space. It has to be yeah. simply because somehow Lemieux got in, whether it's injuries or whatnot, and you believe in him. But not I, I refuse to weaken this offensive line just for cap space. Unless you're gonna go out and sign a better guard. Yeah. You know, or or, or a similar guard at, with with less money. So yeah, no, please no. All right. All right, how you, about how about this? How about this? Okay. I'm sorry. No, you're good, you're good. Cause any anybody could be on the table, really. Logan Ryan has played well, and he's made impact plays, and he didn't even have a full summer. Jabril Peppers. That would mean we're re-signing Logan Ryan to a big deal after the year. Yeah, I don't know if they would even do that, but you could easily look at Logan Ryan's production and also some safeties across the National Football League, Bobby. They're balling out. Chin has had a really good start to the year. Um, Our boy... Antoine, Antoine Winfield, Winfield Jr., my guy, my guy, has had a pretty has McKinney's had a pretty solid start. I forget McKinney's on this freaking team. McKinney is on this team. Love is on this team for the next few years. So McKinney we, makes me also, be open to that. Even though I love Peppers, it's been a slow yeah. start, but I do love Peppers. Yeah, and it's a matter of another guy that only has one more year left on his rookie deal post this year. So if these guys aren't making impact plays. For your defense, which Jabril Peppers does, and that's the frustrating thing, we just don't see it enough, then I don't think you could stick with them long term. I don't think you can. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, We have three voicemails, but they're all kind of asking the same thing. Let's play them. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, my name is Chris. Um, I actually been a fan of you guys for quite some time. Um, I actually do Giants videos as well. I've been doing for Hit Squad '96. Um, you know, we, we're in the same boat. I do think that the rest of the year is just about evaluation. Um, I'm really disappointed with how the Giants have been playing. My question to you guys is, is, I mean, do you think you know the Giants go and get Daniel Jones some help? I mean, I, I doubt. I doubt it. I think it's um, not really likely. But I, I think this man needs some help. I'm not saying go get Thielen, but at least you know. Call up a, a couple of players from the practice squad. Bring back Alonzo Russell. Something. Anyway, thank you so much. Hope, you, uh, hope I can see this in a video sometime. Have a great one. Bye. Alonzo Russell sighting. I like that. All right, let's play your next one. Hey, Talking Giants. This is Scott. Um, I remember I did a voicemail, I think, a month back. It was a little before the season. But anyway, my biggest question is, even though it's early in the season, do you think the offense or defense, or how about this? I'll, I'll say this instead. Do you think Dave Gettleman will use a draft pick? Or it, it, it's Gettleman's there, not, but uh, do you think Gettleman will use a first-round draft pick on offensive player or defensive player next year? And then the last one from Joe in Rochester. Hi, my name is Joe. I'm calling from Rochester. Uh, first time, long time. I uh, just want to say that you know it's been really hard. I'm not angry. Um, I'm a devout Giants fan, but it just is increasingly frustrating to watch this team just year after year we fall for the same uh, kind of um, line that the Giants are in rebuild mode. And, you know, they may be in rebuild mode, but that still doesn't erase the, the pain of the last few years. I uh, still love Joe Judge. still think he's, he may be the right coach for this team. Uh, so yeah, my question is more of a statement. I just, you know, I think Giants fans are just really frustrated right now about the direction. Is Saquon hurt? Do we trade him? Um, is Daniel Jones the guy? Uh, even if we brought in Trevor Lawrence, which I'm not on the Trevor Lawrence train, even if we brought him in, uh, he still doesn't have all of the weapons that we need. So I'm more of a, you know, if we get the first pick, do we trade him for a bunch of weapons or get, you know, the LSU wide receiver? Uh, so yeah, so what's your guys' take on what we do at the end of this year? Where do you see us going in the future? Thanks. Two things. Joe from Rochester. I love when people drop the first time, long time. And second of all, I love how he also dropped the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed line. He he, he <laughs> said, I'm not angry, I'm not angry, but. So I love how he dropped that. Um, well, I told Bobby, Instagram, wanna... like, hey, if you're going to be mad, just don't curse. And you know, yeah. so I think that's what he was referring to. He's not. He's not angry. He's just really disappointed. A, a few longtime <laughs> supporters in there. I, I appreciate all you guys are calling. So, basically, we'll turn this all into one question, Justin. Do you go for the defensive playmaker or the offensive playmaker? Like, let's just assume we're keeping Jones and we're picking third or fourth. Are you going for the offensive tackle, wide receiver, or are you going defensive end, linebacker, corner? I mean. What what do you and, and and free agency? You like what what are you what are you looking to improve? Because I'll say me, like let's assume we're keeping Daniel Jones. I want to put everything around Daniel Jones to succeed. So I'm going offense. Whether you go Sewell or go Jamar Chase or whoever you know, whoever ends up you know putting setting themselves apart. I I would go LSU wide receiver Jamar Chase just because I think the line has been um, capable and you see good teams like good teams don't have the greatest offensive lines. So I think they've been capable. Oh, and then if you move on from Jones the next year, you have more pieces around whatever new QB 
you had. So, I mean, what what about you? I know this. We just put three three minutes of, of voicemails into one short question. Twenty twenty Giants take Andrew Thomas. Twenty nineteen they take Daniel Jones with their first pick. Twenty eighteen they take running back. Twenty seventeen they they take Evan Ingram, and then twenty sixteen they took Eli Apple. Yes, Dexter Lawrence was and DeAndre Baker were first round picks in twenty nineteen. But Bobby, if you want to have the point of I want to surround Daniel Jones with the best players, then I don't know. I mean, if if Jamar Chase is there, then yeah, you do it because you feel like he can be a guy that can rock and roll maybe year one. But go out and give Allen Robinson a blank check. I agree. Really? Really? Because if, if, if we're talking about wanting, g- giving Daniel Jones a guy and a dude and someone who's ready to rock and roll from day one, who doesn't need to adjust to the speed of the game in the NFL and doesn't maybe need a year or two to get up to speed. Because you know, running back is usually a position that you can really jump in and be ready to go. But you don't really see that with wide receiver in terms of those skill positions. So I'm kind of ready. If we have that pick and we have a top five pick and Rousseau is sitting there, and Micah Parsons is sitting there, and one of those crazy defensive athletes where I really feel like if we spend some money and smart, spend it smart, where I think giving Allen Robinson a blank check is not a terrible decision because the dude has been superb with the most inaccurate, one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'm going to be very interested to see how he does with Nick Foles now. Nick Foles isn't, isn't great, but... It's better than Mitchell Trubisky, so I'm going to be very interested to see how that connection is. Allen Robinson had his best game uh, last week with Nick Foles, a quarterback. Go figure. So, Bobby, I want proven guys on offense. I don't, in terms of our skill position, guys, if we really want Daniel Jones to succeed, let's get guys that are ready to rock and roll day one, spending in free agency, and then I would be totally cool spending, you know, the rest of the NFL draft drafting maybe around the offense and drafting whatever needs we have. But give me in the first round, if there's a defensive stud, which we've covered those defensive studs, that really does entice me. Yeah. Sign Allen Robinson, draft Penesul, and then get Chester out in the that second round. That would be insane. That'd be insane. I'm so, a big believer so we, if just... you build around your court, like you you do everything to help your quarterback succeed. We see the Chiefs, like the Chiefs defense has been good, but it also like that offense puts them in good positions. Um, they definitely have, t- you know, playmakers on that defense, but their offense, like if their offense isn't their offense, we don't talk about the Chiefs defense at all. Um, That's very analytically advanced of you to just completely ignore defense. Not ignore I, I, defense, I kinda like but it. I don't think we've ignored I kind of like it. I think we signed Bradbury. We signed Blake Martinez. We've got, you know, Leonard Williams. You've got, De- like, we have put effort into this defense. Um, Bobby. Now, we, there has to Bobby. be a cornerback too, but I also, you said something, and I'm I'm all on it. Stop drafting corners. Just sign the best ones in free agency every oh, yeah. year. Trade for them <laughs> and sign the best ones. I am so done. If there's one position I'm scarred at, it's drafting corners. So spend twenty. The Giants clearly just can't draft corners. So just spend twenty five percent of your cap space allocated to cornerback one and cornerback two. <laughs> Seriously, um, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, but but Bobby, I mean, how cool would it be to have? Hey. Clearly, Lorenzo Car- Lorenzo Carter's is here and he's doing something and he and he's they like him. How cool would it be to add a Rousseau on the other side of that on the other side of that offensive I'm also line? Also, not completely how sold cool on Rousseau or Parsons to be honest. How but just as of right now, how cool would it be to add 
Micah Parsons to the other side of Blake Martinez. And there, and there, and there goes, there goes all those concerns that we have about Devontae Dans and who cares about Ryan Conley. The, all, all that goes out the window. And that's so, that would be just so fun. That's a fun defense. Chaz Surratt is the perfect linebacker to go next to Blake Martinez. He's the perfect, yeah. he's the perfect linebacker. So we'll do that. All right. Last mailbag question. And then we got a couple more voicemails. Wait, wait, wait. Can I, can I just, can I just say this? What 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 day is it? Tuesday night, September thirtieth. We we I just talked about the NFL draft and how excited I am. All right, I'm that's sorry. what our twenty twenty one draft previews in the offseason <sighs> did. They made us a little more informed on like twelve, like twenty four guys. I hate my life. I hate my life that I just got so excited about the NFL draft, September thirtieth. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, last mailback question. You got it. Oh, last mail. We don't have another voicemail. No, we'll do the voicemails last. Oh, got it. Oh, that's right. We have some interesting ones. Um, from our friend Tauzino at Red Yeti Nine, looks at Dave Gettleman in brackets. That's the caption. And then the GIF is the GIF. The GIF is Kelly from the office saying, "I have a lot of questions. First, how dare you?" She is an underrated character. Like when she's like, just says, she just says, uh, I, I like, I like, she's like, I've been like sexually assaulted. She's like, you cannot do that every time <laughs> something like you want to get out of a situation. Or like when she fakes, <laughs> she's an underrated character. Um, she was in the office with Michael and, are you going to fire me? And then she's, and he's like, no, I'm just going to really yell at you for a couple minutes. So can you cry? And then she just immediately cries. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of, People in the world like uh, like Kelly. All right, got a couple voicemails. Hey, Talking Giants. This is Matthew from Atlanta. Been a Giants fan my whole life. Um, can't really think of any many losses that have been worse than this one. Only thing I can really think that you know comes to my mind when I think about this loss is a pee pee poo poo. <laughs> so all that comes is poo pee pee poo poo. That's a Thank you, Matthew from Atlanta. All that comes to his mind is pee pee poo poo. It's funny. I talked about poop at the beginning of the show, so we're really coming full circle. Pee pee poo poo. I'm gonna put that in the like the bullet points for the episode. Be like Jason Garrett's offense, Daniel Jones. What could the Giants need? Pee pee poo poo. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. All right. Last voicemail. If you were to say that Patrick Mahomes will be a Trevor. Lawrence type play, like if they're both considered the same person, I'm gay. So he said, if you didn't catch that, he said, if you were to say that Patrick Mahomes will be a Trevor Lawrence type player, like if they're both the same person, I'm gay. That's, that is um his call. I, I don't know who that was. He didn't leave his name and he called from a star 67. So he's a coward. Get these cowards off my phone line. I was going to actually ask you, do you want to get full He's on not gay, Lance though, because they're nowhere near the same player. So I'll say that. Um, do, do you do you want to get on full-on Lance Metal right now? And like, thank you for disrupting my program. And thank you. That and guy you, you is must the literally... scum on the side of my lip. You have nothing better to do with your day than call my line and do that? Um, but he's not gay because they're not the same player. Just get really mad and frustrated that somebody... I, I'm actually very happy... That we are now consistently getting prank calls. I said just very don't happy. curse. Don't curse. And um, 
you know, say the the other F word and you you can we'll put you on the show. And if you do do that, you'll be part of the after show Patreon voicemail episode. Um so if you want to do that, then do that. And then our Patreon members are going to be sending like the most crazy stuff to see our reaction. So Oh, you want to you want to read a uh, you you want to you want to do the the B word of the week? No, I already mocked them once big a tweet. time today. I have I have a tweet. I have a tweet. I'm not gonna say who it's from, but you're gonna but you're gonna guess in the way that I'm gonna read it. Andrew Thomas has allowed 13 pressures. That's the second worst in football. Oh my god! As I state oh as I god. stated many times, I wouldn't have him day one at left tackle, oh especially with no preseason. Oh my! Because gosh. of the potential of his confidence being hurt slash ruined from a bad start to his career. Oh my gosh! Do you know Do you know who that is? Yes, I know who that is. <laughs> Yes, I know who that is. Was it in like seven, seven different lines? Mm. We're on. A, this is the day we we are mocking people because we know we know that our diehards are only, only our diehards are listening to our 49ers clean up and mailbag episode, and, and our numbers are down. And listening, our numbers are bad. Listening this far into the podcast, so um, I just felt like I needed to mock um, somebody today. I thought I was. A, I thought I was. A, I actually. Did, I just planned on making that video to send to you as a joke, and I was like, "This is too good to, to not post." All right, it's that's an whenever. No, Go hold ahead. on, hold on, hold on. Whenever you text me, should I post this? Should I not post this? Because I'm your conscience. Whenever you text me and I and I don't respond to you within like three minutes, you post it. That's <laughs> that's like your that's like your a okay. I was driving home. <sighs> And I saw that you texted me, and I said, "Should I?" And you said, "Should I post this?" I'm like, "Damn! If I don't respond, if I don't park my car within the next couple minutes, and I don't watch this video, I know he's gonna tweet it." And then he's like, "And then, and then Bobby texted me two minutes later, is like, I did it." <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Like that? The well, like I had no intentions of the shooting the bear video last weekend, but you said, "Why not?" And I was like, "Okay, tweeting it." I'm tweeting it and putting it on. <laughs> People woke up to that. People wake up and scroll Instagram, and they woke up to a bear being shot. Um, and we will be posting a video of a ram being shot for your Sunday morning um, Instagram scroll and Twitter. And people will get mad, but you know what? It's funny. It's worth it. I, it's, it's worth a few people getting mad to make a laugh. We're not the ones who are killing these animals. We're just sharing the videos. Yeah, Peter. I don't even. I don't even like it. I don't even like seeing these animals being shot. I actually. I, I'm actually not a big fan of game hunting. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but I'm not a fan of game hunting. Um, boy, we're just getting into it. It's a, it's a freaking Wednesday episode. But I just, I I do think it's funny to <laughs> make fun of stuff. I believe in making fun of everything is what I'm saying. Especially stupid people on who also do similar things that we do with the Giants. <laughs> Buffoons. All right, that's an episode. <laughs> we will see you guys on Friday for our preview. Until then... We suck, but let's go Big Blue.